You've found a show that will explore how to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is both focused and balanced. Welcome to Live Exceptionally. In a world where we are constantly bombarded with demands on our time and attention, it can be difficult to find the space to truly live our best lives. But what if we could find a way to live exceptionally with a sense of purpose, freedom, and rest? Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. I'm Dr. Yvonne, your host, founder of Elisi, and author of Can You Sleep Like This and the Rest of God and Reflections on Rest. We can always find something to be grateful for. Research shows that people who are grateful feel less pain, less stress, suffer insomnia less, have stronger immune systems, experience healthier relationships, and do better professionally. I don't know about you, but all these benefits are reasons enough to start practicing gratitude today. Dr. Babby Cabot of Kingdom Life Healing Ministries is our guest today. She's a pastor, a teacher, an author, and I'm honored and excited for her to join and share with us today. Let's listen in. Well, I wanted to ask you, as a pastor and author and teacher, um, you're involved in a lot of outreach and healing ministry. And what? why would you say that gratefulness matters? I would say gratefulness matters because scientists have even proven that gratefulness affects our physicality. It affects our mind. It affects... Um, all, all our entirety and i think that for the most part we um don't go into gratefulness because we've never been taught it we've never been told it um, and life's rough isn't it and so uh I, I tend to see people focusing more on their brokenness than on their relationship with christ and all that god has given us when we ponder all that christ has done for us and all that he continues to do for us. Uh, the only response I can see is awe, gratefulness, um, thanksgiving. And when we live in that, um, Agnes Sanford wrote a book in 1945, was really one of the beginning books on inner healing. And she said something so powerful. She called her subconscious mind junior. And junior doesn't think, junior just holds what we think and then spits it back up into us, into our active brain unbeknownst to us. So if we continue to put negativity and negativity and negativity and negativity, that's all Junior has and he doesn't know anything. He just spits it back up. And so we have a circumstance in our life and if we've been feeding negativity, that's the first thing then that will come into our new experience, um, just unbidden. So I've always said the battle is between this ear and this ear. It's not out there. Right. We have to totally control our minds. The enemy doesn't know what we're thinking, but the enemy can sow thoughts. And so um, it's been so I've been Christian 30 years. I've been in the healing ministry 27 or something. And it's taken me all that time to really comprehend this battle going on. And so um, I became a widow six six years ago, and 
And the battle for the mind then was, am I going to feel sorry for myself? Am I going to stay in grief for the rest of my life? Am I going to um, be jealous of married people? It's just on and on and on, right? And so I had to take control of my mind. Now, I miss my husband. I grieve still, even after all these years. But the gratefulness of God being in that process of my husband ascending and our eternal life and our reunion that will come one day, um, that's all a choice. And I don't think that anybody's ever been taught that. We just are reactive. Mm. We are reactive people. And so I just told you I had all my family here for a long time, and I had my great-granddaughter, who's 22 here, and we talked a lot about that because at 22, your life is just forming, and, and pretty much you just emote for every single thing that happens. You know, it's, oh, no, it, it, it just goes on and on. And so I talked with Hope about you can choose how you will react to something. Um, takes a long time, I think, for us to really get that. Yeah. No, those are powerful uh, things. You know, first thing that you said was um, awe, being in awe of God. And I think yeah. that that's a, um, it's something that we speak of indirectly, but not directly. And then you mm -hmm. said to be in awe of him, but then to live in it, to live in awe of him. And I think if we were to actually want to embrace that, that word on its own, that I'm living in awe of God. That's powerful because it makes okay. it takes the focus off of oneself and puts it on God, that we're focused on him, his character, uh, what emanates from him, that we're in awe of it. And in being in awe of it and living in that, it would reduce our focus on our limitedness and the restrictions yes. that we are, uh, that we that we're limited. Um, and then also when you talked about choice, I, I think that that is a key thing. And certainly as I've been focusing on this topic for myself around gratefulness and sharing about it through these episodes and on um, social media, that there is scientific things that align with the whole gratefulness. If people practice uh, gratitude and are thankful that it impacts mental health. It impacts our physical health. It impacts us totally. um, psych psychologically. And so totally. um, with that, when you talk about it being a choice, I was going to say is gratitude and gratefulness, something that we learn <clears throat> or something that is a, a, a gift. And if it's a choice, I'm assuming it's something that we can learn. What's your thoughts on that? So in my first church, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know I was ever going to be a pastor. And all of a sudden people are calling me pastor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> me? And so I spent many hours every morning reading the scriptures and praying them at my dining room table. And then I would go into the church. I, I was so dependent on God because how can we not be dependent on God? We don't have it. I'm just going to tell you in my flesh, I just don't have it. Right. Uh, but, but being connected to God, lifts us so out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. And so I did that for years. And, and so this is kind of a funny story. It was in the shower, right? Because that's when our right brain is engaged. We're not thinking, we're experiencing. The Lord suddenly gave me a prayer and I knew it was a thing. So I jumped out and I wrote it down and it has become my morning prayer. So I'm not trying to promote myself or my book, right? But 
when I retired, the Lord said, you need to write this because I taught my churches this morning prayer. Um, it's, it's got seven movements to it. And every morning I pray it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Mm. And so instantly I set my gratitude level, my attention level, my whole thing. And I, I don't know if you want me to repeat the prayer. It's short, but this book is difficult. It takes us all through the scriptures, but it's life transforming. When we take the focus off ourselves and put it onto God and what he has done for us, he's, he's lifted us. Up. So the world we call fallen Babylon and it's evil. Satan is the author of this world. And if we want to stay in this world, we will not be grateful. We won't. This world's hard. But when we become kingdom people, and that's why I named my ministry Kingdom Life Healing Ministries, because it's entirely flopped from what the world is. So the world says, promote yourself and, and be great and climb the ladder. The kingdom says, no, no, humble yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord and other people. And so the life of gratitude, I believe, is learned. I, I believe it's taught in the scriptures and by obviously looking at Christ's life, right? Um, and I think it's a process, and I think that, that we need to be taught it, and I think we need to search the scriptures for it. I just wrote down, can I read just one or two scriptures? That No, feel free. I was going to ask you actually to talk about your book anyway, so go ahead and expound on it. Well, this isn't about my book, but I was looking yesterday at the scriptures. First uh, Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Well, if we don't know the scriptures and we're not Christian, we wouldn't even begin to understand this or begin to, to be able to do it. The scriptures are life, and they, they teach us how to live in the kingdom well above what we live in fallen Babylon. Psalm 107 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Now listen to this. His steadfast love endures forever. Now, if that doesn't lead us into gratitude, I don't know what would, right? Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your iniquities. And it goes on and on and on of everything God has done for us. Lamentation says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Well, my goodness, when we begin to read the scriptures and we begin to read that and believe it, and it becomes part of us. And so we, we when we read it and pronounce it, we're changing junior. And we have to change junior because as teenagers, right, and, and young kids in school and we get bullied and things are terrible and we didn't get a date to the prom and, uh, you know, and our parents maybe are calling us names because that happens. You stupid kid. So we've got all of junior program for negativity and neediness. So when we can reprogram, we can be, so my house, you can kind of see a little bit, it's just art on every single wall, but it's art from Florida, from the creation. And my, I cannot sit anywhere in this house and not be grateful and worship. And people coming into the house go, right? Because I don't live in fallen Babylon anymore. I live in the kingdom. Mm. And so, so here's the, this is just a, the, the prayers in the back of the book in a cling. And this is my book so I can open it. I say to everybody, don't you open that until you've done the study, right? And then the cling can be put on the bathroom mirror until 
you've learned it. So I'm just going to read it to you. I know it by heart. This is the morning prayer. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then I cross myself. For this day, I rest in the embrace of my heavenly father's love for me. My father loves me. He spoke me forth from before the beginning of the world and said, this is Roberta, my beloved, never rejected. How can we not be in gratitude? So today I center myself in Jesus Christ and I proclaim I'm forgiven. There's no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus. So today I bind my mind to the mind of Christ and I bind my will to the will of Christ. The third one is, of course, I open myself to the unfolding of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and dwell me today and make my life beyond anything it could have been without you. And then, of course, we have to do a little spiritual warfare. So today I renounce all fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, unbelief. I take, I repent my sin and I take back any ground that I've given the evil one. I cancel all demonic assignments against me and curses against my life. I bless my body for health and I forgive those who have hurt me. And I love the last part, and this is really what where you're getting. Today I choose to dress for success. So literally, I put on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I wish the Apostle Paul had added humility. He didn't, but I did. <laughs> and so that's the end of it. Thank you, Lord, for your steadfast love, your truth, peace, and joy, and your salvation. That whole prayer is a gratefulness prayer. And if people pray that every day, I can assure you, lives change. Yes, reprogramming that daily we are approaching the day first with a choice. We're choosing to be grateful. We're putting it into practice by saying that the prayer declaration, renouncing and reprogramming ourselves uh, as it relates to the world that we live in. Because as soon as we leave our house, potentially we don't even have to leave our house. The phone can ring, turn on the TV. We're bombarded with so much negativity, so many different distractions. And so to wake up with that, that morning prayer that we're choosing, that we're going to rejoice, we're going to be grateful, and that we're engaging God in that where we're looking to him, putting the focus on him rather than ourselves. That's and powerful. People have all these weird notions of spiritual warfare, like I've got to battle a demon, I've got to do this. No, to me, that's not, yes, that happens. I'm not saying that, but spiritual warfare begins right here, right in junior. That's where it begins. And so I say this, I'll be driving down the road and I'll, I, because obviously I know it. And um, the people that I've seen, so in my second church, I was going to preach on it. And my secretary, I had a male secretary, he was wonderful. And um, he said, well, give me a copy of it. And I said, Jeff, I, I'm going to preach. He said, give me a copy of it. So I did. And he came back the next day and he said, um, Pastor Bobby, this changed my whole life. One day. And I said, well, I'd be interested to know why. And he said, because I went to a town meeting and normally I would have exploded and I would have this and I would have that. And he said, I took that out and I read it. And he said, I handled my whole meeting differently. Mm -hmm. And I left with praise and everybody was like, what's with him? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. How, how do we embed that as a lifestyle? Like that prayer, you know, I, I find that well, there's a saying, let me backtrack. There, there's a saying that you have to practice something. I think it's for 30 days before it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes when we have habits, it becomes rope. It becomes religious versus it being something that is empowering. 
and something that we're passionate about. So how do we, and this is true with not just your morning prayer, but, you know, there's a lot of ministries that have books of decorations. And so people, you know, they say their decorations, you know, they make sure that they're saying their decorations, but I find like the empowerment or the anointing. So where do we find that balance of saying decorations with the anointing and the passion and being still empowered by the Holy Spirit? Does it make sense? I understand what you're saying. And I think declarations are great. I, I'm not against the declarations at all. But I think the morning prayer is more maybe intimate mm -hmm. to me. I mean, I'm talking first to Jesus, or I'm talking first to the Father. The reason I can say this is Roberta never rejected is because in a healing moment that the Lord had with me, he literally caught me up um, pre-creation. He was holding pre-embryo me, and he was like the line of Judah saying, this is Roberta, this one, not a different one. This is Roberta, never rejected. And it just healed me, obviously. So I can declare that as uh, spiritual knowledge about myself. I think when, pe from what I understand, when people begin to do the healing prayer, this, this book, the Holy Spirit begins to work in them. And so maybe they don't believe it at first. Right. Maybe it's not experiential at first. But when they begin to make that their declaration over and over and over, the um, I think that the transformation comes through the Holy Spirit and it's a transformative experience, not just a declarative one. That's good. Yeah. What, what would you say as we progress in the year, um, people could get access to your book because you'll share it and then I'll share it as well. Okay. But how do we embed it as a lifestyle like in addition to the morning prayers as we go throughout our day as we're encountering the attacks and navigating life how do we continue to foster it as a lifestyle so you know that i do um, healing schools every single person on this planet has been wounded from sometimes the womb right. uh, through birth in in schools and marriages and families and all the rest of that. And I, so I do a healing school. It's a week long. Um, and it goes from nine in the morning till nine at night, I always say, but usually we don't leave till 10 or 11 or 12. But we, we find out what our um, wounds were, our childhood wounds, our core wounds. And in inner healing prayer, we invite Christ to become present in those wounds and he heals us. And so the more healing we can get from that, in that way, the more integrated we become, the more whole we become, the less fractured we are. Um, I have people who have been with me since about 2014, um, and watching their spiritual growth has been just so fun for me. We meet together when when I'm in Michigan, every Monday night in my home, five of us, and I call it a band, and we do this kind of stuff in the winter. Um, we we need to be intentional. We're in warfare. Yeah. We're in a we're in a war, and until we understand that, and until so, I don't know if you know or anybody knows this. When when the Hebrew people went out to fight, the people in the front held their shields like this. The ones on the side held their shields like this. The ones in the back. And the ones in the middle held it on top 
And so the fiery darts, and they really were, they wet their shields. So the fiery darts from the enemy came and would hit the shields, but not kill the people. In Christianity, we tend to walk like this. Mm-hmm. And so all the fiery darts of the enemy, we have no, we have little protection. I don't want to say we have no protection. So if we can begin doing life together, so I have groups. I have a group down here. I have a group in Michigan. I had a group in Cincinnati that um, literally are carrying shields. We need to do life together, and we're Americans, and we, we tend to be very independent and very, yeah. um, well, I can do this by myself. I would be, so I grew up as an abandoned child. My father died. My mother left. I was an abandoned child. I didn't have anybody, and I was just a target. I was simply a target when I came to Christ. So in those days, I just wanted one friend. And in Christ, I have all over the globe people who hold their shields for me. And I think I think warfare is is individual like the morning prayer. But I also think it's corporate. And uh, I just encourage everybody. And you'll have some disagreements in your group. But as you mature, you'll work through that. Um, I just want to say one thing I think is so important. I don't have television. The Lord told me probably eight years ago now, you're done. Everything that's coming into our mind goes into junior, right? So if I'm watching, and I don't want to state this too strongly, but I will state it. Most of what's on television is demonic. It just Mm -hmm. is. um, I have a friend who loves to watch the CSI shows to see how they solve it. Well, on almost every CSI show, the plot is a woman has been killed, raped, murdered, de-skinned, fingers cut off, but they're going to solve it. Well, does, isn't that just like Satan to to make the desperation of women entertainment? Mm-hmm. And I said to my friend, well, she said, I don't pay attention to that. I want to see it. Well, yes, you are paying. Your junior is paying attention to that. Yeah. All the feed that's coming in on my phone now is war, um, horrible stuff, horrible stuff. And so I'm, I'm cutting out the feed on my phone also because I don't know how we can live in, we're getting too much information now. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm, I talk about it all the time that is desensitizing us. You know, it's dulling our ability to hear spiritually. And even like the theme that God has given me for this season is on the rest of God. We're not able to rest in oh. him because the, uh, the stress, the worry, the anxiety, like all these things. And it's not, it's, it's in between here, but a lot of it has to do with the information that's coming at us, Absolutely. the things that we're listening to, the things that we're watching. And so the battle intensifies in our mind because of what we're feeding ourselves. And if we're not feeding ourselves things that uplift, encourage, empower, strengthen, then we're not able to, uh, to rest. Uh, so I wholeheartedly agree with that. I certainly, even for myself, I try to, my father gets on me, but I, I try to decrease the quantity of time of listening, of watching the news, you know, because I just feel like it's just so much negativity and I get notifications, but sometimes even with the notifications on my phone, it's just a barrage of negativity all day. And if it's not something of a disaster or war, it's people who are maligning, dishonoring, disrespecting people. Yeah, it, it's horrific. Uh, and, and so even when we talk about being grateful, when you have this negativity, uh, this, you know, embroiling type of 
barrage of or tirade all throughout the day, it chips away of how we view the world and our perspective. And I believe that even as I we pivoted from last year into this year, that the word gratitude and gratefulness has just been buzzing uh, in my heart and in my spirit as something that we need to focus on. It was not just for myself, but something as the body of Christ for us to just come back to some of these basics, you know, and you started off with saying um, the awe, the awe of God, being in awe of God and living in that. And how do we maintain that? Everything that you're talking about is how we actually maintain uh, our perspective of who he is and his place. I think one of the things so important with what you're talking about, I think the bottom line is knowing that we do not live in fallen Babylon. Mm -hmm. So all the messages we're getting about this and that and the president and Trump and all the, all the stuff, that's not our world. It really seriously is not our world. We live in the kingdom. And, and Jesus said the kingdom has come on earth in partiality right now. It, it, the kingdom will come in fullness in the second coming, but the kingdom is here now. And how many Christian people really understand that? That, that yes, so in the 1800s, I would live in a town and I would know what was going on in the town. Sometimes they didn't even know who the new president was for two weeks or a month. There was nothing that's flooding us like it is now. So my kids come down, my grandkids are in their teens. They never put down their phone. Never. They're like this. And so grandma says, put down your phone and talk <laughs> to me. And just, oh, they put down their phone and they talk three sentences. I love them. I'm just picking on them a little. But then they pick up and so are their parents who are in their 40s and 50s. We didn't have that. I didn't have that growing up. I'm old, you know, and, and so I can literally put my phone somewhere for the day. Um, and I go to the beach and I look at the creation and then I bring the creation into my house. And then I have um, some mature Christian friends. I have some brand new Christian friends. But this, we need intentionality to come out of this world. And I don't mean stupidness. I mean, that's the only word that just came to mind. I don't mean to be stupid about it. Yeah. yeah. But, but to recognize it, one of the things I want to do after, well, this beginning of this new year, I want to see if I can um, volunteer for hospice. Um, how do we make our lives worthwhile? How do we, how do we make a, a print here while we're here? One of the things that I always say before I met Christ I knew I was created for something, I had no idea what, and I was terrified I would die having never found it. Mm. Well, I'm in Christ now, and I know I'm created for a purpose, and I'm doing it. That's what my healing ministry is. That's mm. what God created me for. So the other thing I would say about joy is find out what you're created for, because how can you have joy if you're constantly seeking and constantly uneasy and constantly worried and constantly... Um, you can't. It's it's a real battle. Yes. We're in a battle. Yes. As we close, I want you to share about your uh, book if someone wants to obtain it. And then if you can please close us out with your closing thought or prayer. I actually would like for you to pray for, pray for us. Sure. I would be glad to do that. The book is called um, Morning Prayer. It's a big book. It's a workbook. So you have to um, study the scriptures. It's hard. 
I, I had to teach it one time and I thought, man, I made that book pretty hard. <laughs> and um, I've thought about editing it, making it more simple, and I probably won't. So it's just difficult. It's sold a lot. I do conferences. I do healing schools. I travel a lot. I've been internationally traveling. So um, I've seen the effects of the book. The book's wonderful. You have how people can contact me, right? Yes. Okay. And I'll post it. All right. So let me pray. The other thing when we pray, I just want to say we want to pause and listen to what the Lord wants us to pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of peace, of peace that surpasses understanding. And so I pray, Lord, for those who are listening to this podcast and for the world, that we will be able to enter your peace in the midst of the chaos of fallen Babylon. That's your promise to us. You are the Prince of Peace. And I think, Lord, now more than ever in my lifetime, maybe not in the history of the whole world, but in my lifetime, I think peace is, um, I think peace is where I want to live. And I think that it only will come from you, Lord. It will not come from the world. Lord, we know that we could even be seeing some hard times, even in our country. We've been so blessed in America. But Lord, that, that too is part of the world. And I just pray, Lord, that, that you will bring peace. And, and Lord, I pray for those who are being martyred around the world because they are. I pray that you'll bring them peace in the face of their terror. That sounds like a really horrible prayer I'm praying, Lord. It really does. But Lord, I'm a realist. So I ask that you would bless us all with your peace and draw us closer into your kingdom and to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All the time that we have for this week's episode. Remember, live in awe. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. Don't. Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week, we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot org.